With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. None of us, well, let's start with this. This Today is a surprise bantering the Blue Shirts episode. First of all, here's how poorly Mike and I planned this out. Yeah. We spoke on Sunday, and we were like, ah, you know what? It's Memorial Day on Monday. My daughter was sick. Um, I was like, ah, let's, we'll do the show on Tuesday. And then we never told anybody. So I got, and I have to say, it was a good feeling. I got maybe three dozen comments via Twitter or emails or whatever. It was a good um, feeling to know how many people you let down. Yes, it absolutely yeah. was. Because I was surprised there were that many people that cared enough that they were like, dude, what the fuck? Like, is my feed broken? Is everything okay? Um, yes, we just didn't announce that we weren't going to record until today. And then Mike and I today, this afternoon, made the decision that we're only doing one show. So we're going to do the flagship and the Q&A together, which is good because we really we have nothing to talk about. Um, but... We do not come empty-handed. We come bearing a gift. Maybe the best gift we could possibly give. We have brought on a ringer, Ryan Mead from wow. Blue Shirts Breakaway, wow. to come on and inject some life and love into this podcast, which it desperately needs. Less than 24 hours ago, I was a dead man. I was recording a podcast about the Raiders on 103-degree fever, and I powered through. And yet, here I am, a second day in a row. A man rested and full of, or not as full of substance anymore. <laughs> this is a reward. I am yes, I'm rewarded with coming on banter and providing you with my hard-hitting Rangers analysis, which is mostly me screaming the words "capocaco" over and over again. Ryan, Game Seven, Mead, welcome to the, the team. Yeah, right. The, this Thank is you. The flu game. Thank you. It was really tough yesterday. Uh, I'm on the recovery. I I must sound much better than what I sounded yesterday on my own podcast, but. I'm happy to be here and provide a little bit of spark for you boys. Oh, see, that's, this is the goddamn... This is what I mean when I say Ryan is I just, the, one of the most positive people I've ever met. <laughs> this is why, right here. You always feel if good I about yourself. If I can have a horn of ale or a Ryan mead, I always take the Ryan mead. Take that the was mead. A, a great joke. Thank you. You have to. See, Ryan even appreciates your nonsense, which I think is a huge benefit. You've I think it's, it's, it's good to weeks, you know, give the claps out to things they require. Yeah, I haven't. I don't even. I did. I have no idea what happened on the last couple of shows. No clue. You didn't even was not here at all. I was completely. No, uh, I listened to like five minutes just to make sure I uploaded the right audio, and then that was the end of that. There hey, was, well, uh, welcome back, Joe. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Nothing against you, Mike. I had some shit going on, and you know, I didn't have time just to listen to this. Not. Oh wait, this is my podcast. I didn't <laughs> have time to listen to this fantastic podcast 
that you Blue should Shirts Breakaway was great to. though. Just throw it out there. Blue Shirts Breakaway <laughs> was probably yeah. I listened to that. It was per- it was fantastic. I don't even know yeah. why you would listen to somebody else. Exactly. Um, we are three minutes in. We have spoken nothing about the Rangers, and I feel like we've that we've pretty much eclipsed. Isn't, isn't that sort of par for the course for the first five minutes of any podcast? A thousand percent. I mean, ours specifically. Mike and I are either yelling at each other or. Just some small thing turns into a five-minute fucking narrative about something. Um, but yes, that is generally the way that it works. Mike is, uh, Mike. What do you have thoughts? How did, did you miss me when I wasn't on last week? Yeah, I don't like hosting the show. Yeah. Uh, oh, that. You know what? I did listen long enough to hear you on the Q and A be like, "Oh, I give Joe shit all the time, but it's actually hard to host the show." And that, you know, the tip of my penis felt pretty good about that one. Not gonna lie. <laughs> what about the shaft? No, it just got to the tip. I was uh, well. It was better than nothing. It hasn't moved on the podcast in years. It's probably not much of a difference. No, it's it's not. It's absolutely (laughs) not. Not at all. So there you go. That's that made me feel pretty good. But yeah, we had uh, had, (coughs) excuse me, you had Matt on. Uh, There was some. Did was there any women's hockey talked? Uh, no, uh, a little bit. You know, we, Matt Falcon. Yeah, play by play uh, of the Riveters on. on. We're not. Yeah. We're not even talking. Talking the voice of the Riveters. Yeah, we touched on a little bit of that stuff, but mostly we talked last week about JD being official and Igor Rikov or Rykov coming oh, over right. and uh, and how that might change kind of what the hell the defense looks like. Is he NHL ready? Is he not NHL ready? Well, he just he's played a couple seasons in the KHL before uh, being in Sochi. Uh, he was in, you know, SKA was, you know, St. Petersburg, and you know, he definitely saw a lot more ice time. And it's uh, that's one I think we're going to be ruminating on all summer is what the fuck happens yeah, to what this is blue the blue line. What is um, the plan? No idea. No idea what's going to happen with the blue line. Like, so if, is it true that? And I, again, terrible podcasting. Should have looked this up. Mm-hmm. Rikov's yep, European out clause is year two only. Is that correct? Yes, that's what I what I was reading at okay. least on the internet. So that leads me to believe Rikov is coming over to acclimate himself to the North American game and will be playing in the AHL. But even so, and, and again, some of these, this is anybody who needs a decision has to be made one way or another with them. You have Stahl, Shattenkirk, Smith, <sighs> Shea, D'Angelo, Pionk, Hayek, I'm miss, oh, Clayson, and who else am I missing? Am I missing somebody else? Um, I'm sure you are missing like at least three more people. I mean, I'm not Adam, even including Lindgren. Oh, and Adam Fox. There it is. That's yep. including Lindgren. That's ten fucking people for yep. six spots. Now, Clayson, you could call a, an out, right? He's an RFA. Clayson's so gonna... automatically gone in my I, eyes. And then He's what happened? Already not the team. One of Smith or Stahl, you could just say one of them is just going to go bye bye somehow. I, I get Ryan. Let me ask you this question. This is an sure. important question. Where do you stand on the fence when it comes to Neil Pionk? I'm uh, hard on the get rid of Neil Pionk okay, you're, train. You're a friend of this podcast. I, I'm a friend. I am hard on that train. The analytics the analytics actually started liking Neil Pionk towards the end of the year, which I found kind of strange despite them crapping on him all year long. And Neil, in general, I'm worried about paying a large sum of money. Like, we're talking... I saw the evolving wild charts having him somewhere of like, Three point eight to four point two million dollars a year, and if I'm paying Neil Pionk four point two, I probably want to gouge my eyes out. Yeah, bark, Stanley bark, bark. was also yeah. Stan was not pleased <laughs> bark, bark. with that conversation at no, all. No, he was not. He no, feels he the same not. way about he Neil Pionk. Like I do. It. Not even a little bit. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I saw a couple of mocks people were doing, 
And they had him at $3 million. And even that, that the, any tingle no. at the tip of the penis that Mike had given me last week, completely mm-hmm. gone at that. Completely. All sensation gone. Yeah, I mean, three. Three million is just too much. Like I would do. What would be the number? That's here's a good question for you guys. What's the number you're comfortable being? Like, yeah, Neil Pionk. Yeah, I'll take it. Good. I. Uh, I mean. See. I don't know. Two. I think. Yeah. I two, two even. For because here's two the thing. Years, but honestly, I'd rather trade him now. I'd rather say to a team that you know needs a guy who can do what he can do, like a team that needs a a power play quarterback on their second unit, and just. Make it a hockey trade. Bring in a guy who's something of a project as a young forward, and you know who has some high end skill that hasn't been tapped into, and just play that goddamn replay of him going coast to coast, and just say, you just show it during the trade this. negotiations. Let me background. tell you what he did this. Um, <laughs> what, and show, the, show his overtime spinorama goal. I think yeah. that was two years ago, right in the preseason against the Islanders. Yeah. Just you know, just, just show that shit. Show a press just, play and repeat. And you're, hope you're you get selling. Something. You're selling snake oil. That's what you're doing on that. I mean, here's the thing. I think Adam Fox is what people believe Neil Pionk is. But you get Adam Fox for cost-controlled years, and if you could sell high on Pionk, do it like. We've we bang the drum of give young kids a chance. You want to figure out what we have with Ryan and Greg on the forum. We talked about the fact that guys like D'Angelo and, and Pionk, yeah, a year ago, Jesus. Um, there's no sirens right now, which is nice. We were just um, boys then. Which, like, you need to figure out, you need to play them all year because you need to get an answer about what you have. And obviously there was the up and down roller coaster with D'Angelo, but at the end of the year, we got the answer. D'Angelo is the defenseman that you want to keep. And Neil Pionk is a guy that you can really find in the bargain bin, maybe with a little bit more offensive upside. So if you want to give Hayek a chance, I don't think Lindgren is an NHL defenseman, but I'll throw him out there. Um, Rikov and Fox and D'Angelo. And there the is fun, no room for a guy like Pionk. Is, uh, is that John Gilmore just disappears. Like yeah, a, well, that's the other thing. He's gone. Like a he gone. vampire in the sunrise. Well, they brought him up last away. year as like a thank you for playing in the AHL. Like they gave him his 10-day NHL contract, so he made some extra money. But my point about Neil Pionk in general is, what's the cost of just keeping him on the roster and preventing other people from playing? That's a lot of development cost. Like not yeah, only are you going to pay him extra money, but you're going to take away valuable minutes from a young core that you want to develop. And I know Neil Pionk is young, but he's not part of the cup run. Like he's not going to be part of this team when we're going for the Stanley Cup in, like, what, two, three years? No, he's not a player you build around. Neil Pionk is, like, the when you have a nice set of Lego, like, you have a bunch of mm. Legos at home, and then you have, like, the knockoff brand, like the Duke Connects. Club. Yeah, and you try to make it work, and it's always it's kind of loose. Just going to throw this out sad. there. I, I had a lot of Connects as yeah, a kid. You go, to, you go to that friend's house, and it's like, ooh, we're going to play with Connects. I know, that was me. My B. That's sad. You know what? Now I feel bad. Well, was, was the intent wasn't to bring you back to horror, to like a childhood horror of Connects. What did I have? I had a knockoff toy that I don't there, remember what it was, but I, I thought it was it legit. There's My like parents told me it was Lego. legit until I had a friend come over and he was like, dude, what the fuck is that? And yeah, I well, like, oh, I liked I Digimon. Know. There you go. Ooh, that is a good one. Wow. <laughs> There's a big Digimon fan. Where Garurumon? That is a ridiculous name. Okay. I can happily say never <laughs> once saw or played Digimon Ever. I Huge. went to the theaters to see the Digimon movie, and I will tell you, I was one of two people in the theater. Oh, that's... that's. Oh, I remember I like, what the toy was. I like the was, Digimon movie soundtrack, which featured Less Than Jake on it. It did. It I was um, it was back when 
yo-yos were really big and everybody oh, had yeah. like that specific brand yep. of yo-yo i don't even remember what it was and my father was like no this is totally it it was expensive and i brought it to school and everybody was like dude that's it's called a fireball it was yes 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 it brand, was but the fireball was like the fucking top of the shelf yes one. and what did i have i had Yoshima? something it was like a it was, no it was a, it was a horrific knockoff you had like the kinder ball yeah i don't even know yeah. what it was but i do know that like i was the doing kinder walk ball? the dog and trying to do all the tricks and everyone was like dude that's not that's not the and I was like, no, my dad told me it was. And they're like, no, he totally lied to you. And that was. I'm going to do a quick transition moment. trick here. You ready? I'm ready. So now that we've talked about all the defensive prospects, there are rumors that we're bringing in another defensive superstar in Eric Carlson. And where do you boys stand on that? Oof. That is just. Nice trick, right? So it, that's a great. It's a great trick. Let me. Eric let me Carlson also... is the Omega Fireball of. Uh, of <laughs> of so yo-yo defense. If, if the Fireball had brain. surgery where it removed one half of one of the ankles, though. Yes. I love Eric Carlson. I there is would be there would have been a time that I would have done a lot of things to get Eric Carlson on the New York Rangers. I would have gone to the corner, and just done my work like I was told to get Eric <laughs> Carlson. That's that's all that is. I don't know. If now is the time for Eric Carlson, the Rangers have a very, very good young defensive core, potentially a a great young defensive core, depending on how players come along. And if you're going to go after, I mean, if you swing and miss on Panarin, can you talk yourself into Eric Carlson? But here's the thing. Almost any monetary figure for Eric Carlson is worth it. He's easily the generational defenseman that would dynamically change what the New York Rangers are. The problem I have with Eric Carlson is I am far more willing to give Panarin seven years than I am Eric Carlson. And can, we just, can we just make it clear that you're never getting Carlson for less than seven years? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. 100%. It's never happening. Unless somehow... You know, Lundqvist seduces him into like a five-year deal. So let's let me just get this out of the way now. Hockey stat miner and every single question you pose about getting Eric Carlson that were, that is less than seven years, I have to ignore you because there's been a million of them over the last like week and a half, and I just I, I can't figure Nika out. Nick had like where, a one-year sixteen million dollar thing on the table. Yeah, two-year thirty point, two-year thirty. Yeah, <laughs> two-year thirty. But that's the, but let me ask you this question: If you're Eric Carlson, what number? gets you to like a three or four year deal. I'm going to ask you uh, 16 a year is a lot of money. I still don't think. And you're still getting another big contract on the end of it. Mm. Two years, 32 million. You got to think about it. I guess. I guess you have to think about it. I just, I think he knows that his body is going the way of not being able to perform the way it used to in his prime years. And I think we can all, we can both agree or all three of us agree rather that those prime years of Eric Carlson, Carlson are over. Like, those are gone now, right? You're, you're getting toward he's, the end of them for sure. He's 30 in three days from when we're recording this. The uh, Andrew Berkshire did a good good job kind of downplaying, you know, the speculation that he there was a big drop in his game this season, especially in the defensive zone. And a lot of that was just kind of the eye test and perception. And like, the underlying numbers show that Eric Carlson is still – more or less like a Norse god of transition hockey and, and defense. Like, he always has the weird thing where when he's on the ice, his goaltenders tend to have a, a lower save percentage. But Henrik like, Lundqvist will be so ready for that. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, the everything else he touches is gold in terms of what he's able to do. The weird thing to me is if, okay, if it's this whole thing is based on 
You didn't. You don't get Panarin, or you can't get Panarin. And so, do you do Carlson? I think before you get there, you have to kind of look over at the Kevin Shattenkirk situation and say, like, can we find a buyer for him? Um, because if you can't, that's a hell of a lot of money to be tied up on the right side when you're trying to develop these kids and get them in the lineup. And to me, Carlson is the sort of player I think you have to consider. But like looking at like what's the the last really big D contract is Drew Doughty, right? And yep, uh, he got 11 million a year for you know for a decade. So if you're trying to woo Carlson for short term, we're definitely talking in, you know, 13 or 14 range. Like, it's going to be goddamn expensive. Yeah, like, and I just did quick math. The difference between a seven-year, $11 million contract and a two-year, $16 million contract is about $45 million. Hey, that's so a that, is a lot of, that is a lot of cash for him to leave. Now, if you're Eric Carlson and you can guarantee that those two years would be injury-free, that's the move because then you bank that $32 million and you sign Unfortunately another Unfortunately for, for Eric Carlson, Joe, he cannot he, he, do no, that. He can, unless he has – well, listen, he's – I don't know. Maybe there's a Swedish oracle who could promise him like with a, a milky eye that nothing well, is going to happen As you know, no one in the NHL takes HGH or steroids. No, 100%. So. They've never – I don't even know what – I took HGH actually as a child, believe wow. it or not. But legally, I did you not make You went the messy uh, syndrome Yes, I there. did not have enough growth hormone, so I legally <laughs> took – And by the way – so this is back in the early 2000s. The doctor looked at my father and said, each one of these vials can be sold on the black market for $8,500. So don't do that. Whoa. And the vial lasts like a week, like 10 days. So, you know, as I got it, older, I was like, why would you ever tell fun? people that? Why would you ever give that information out willingly? Like, I know nobody on the black market. I'll find somebody. Tell well, me I could sell 10 of these bad boys 10 weeks and make $85,000. Luckily, yeah. the internet wasn't around at that time. N- not at that. Not at the level I would have needed it to be, no. If, if it was there, you would have made $8,500 at least once. Yeah, a thousand percent. And, yeah. and I would be like five feet tall, but it would kind of be worth it at one point because I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I had the money. I would have blown it. But it was cool when Barry <laughs> Bonds and, and all the baseball players got blown up because I was like, oh, I'm taking that shit, actually. That's in my body right now. Such a weird yeah. uh, whole yeah. thing. But yes, if uh, Eric Carlson decides not to take HGH, which, of course, he definitely wouldn't. Um, Definitely not injecting it directly into his ankle either. Absolutely. Absolutely. Never in a million years. Yeah. Steroids in sports is such an interesting topic because I don't really know how to handle it. Because I think the NBA and the NHL, there are definitely users of HGH constantly and other uh, low testosterone and probably other steroids, but we'll never know about it. Yeah, and I also, I do wonder how much in today's NHL steroids would be an actual benefit. Like baseball, the tangible strength makes sense because you can hit the baseball farther. Football, you know, same thing. Maybe basketball, but like, do you really like? Is it better to be bigger and slower in today's NHL? I I think you're stereotyping steroids. I think I'm a thousand percent stereotyping steroids. I'm definitely Uh, stereotyping HGH. Let me just put it this way: What if I told you you could run faster, skate faster, have more endurance, and be stronger? Uh, Yeah, that's yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, that's what they do. (laughs) Who was the last? Was it Hill? He was suspended for steroids. Uh, record, uh, recover faster. Hill, Tyreek Hill? Uh, no, it was on. Uh, it was he was on the Islanders, wasn't he? He was a defenseman. Oh, let me check. I'm talking years ago. Something Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill hit a woman. Yes, like, no, <laughs> not this is not a football. <laughs> oh dear, not a football thing. So um, while Ryan looks that up, I will say though, I I do believe some of the moves that the New York Rangers have made to this point with the defense 
definitely points more toward the linking between Carlson and the New York Rangers being talking heads, being like, oh, it's the Rangers and it's Eric Carlson. Of course they would want to, you know, consummate some type of a marriage because I don't see where any, I don't see where like Fox fits in a way right now. They're going to have to make room for him. That's without adding a guy like Eric Carlson to the team. I know. Uh, it was Nate Schmidt in Vegas. He got, he got knocked for 20 games this who, season for... There was an Islander who was... Oh, there's Islander. an Islander, you're thinking? Yes, suspended oh, okay. for... Nicholas Backstrom was one. I have the list here, uh, category doping cases in ice hockey. There's really only Sean like 20 Hill. people. It was Sean Hill in 2007. Oh, Sean wow. Hill was suspended 20 games. Yep. I don't Sean know Hill. why I remember that, but yep. I do. Sean but he's one of like big, 20 people. Yeah. You're, you're telling most of these people are absolute no names. You're telling well, me Well, yeah, he was at the very else? end of his career. Yeah, I have no no recollection of this, but yes... I don't know why I remember that. It stuck with me, strangely enough. Now, the other thing that I wanted to say was John Davidson has spoken about, you know, not going after the big name. And I think that's far more aimed towards Carlson than it is for Panarin. I mean, who has a better idea of what Artemi Panarin is than John Davidson? Uh, Who's literally watched him flourish. Tortorella, and that's about it. Tortorella's not here. Maybe, (laughs) Maybe Panarin himself. Or maybe he doesn't even know. I don't know. But I do think the Rangers are going to go after Panarin. I think the moves that they've made on defense, I would not be overly concerned with a Carlson unless Carlson came over and said, listen, I'll take a five-year deal. And like Ryan said, why would you if you're Eric Carlson? Why would you leave you know, $80 million on the table? Because he's you, going to get that you, fat contract. You, you wouldn't leave that money on the table. You're no. just not hap- it's not happening. Um, to speak more of Panarin, are you uh, – Mike, didn't you write the Florida article? Yeah. How are you feeling about that, buddy? Because I'll be honest, you legit scared me with that one. I think, given what we've heard since then, I feel like the Coach Q, that, the, the Coach Q factor is, I feel like, to many, made Florida the favorite. And I know, uh, you know, we've seen stuff come out of the athletics suggesting that that is the case. Like, there was a lot there uh, when, I, when I did the due diligence and, and did a lot of research and poked around and asked some people... Uh, trying to get an idea of what might happen and you know to kind of because for a lot of people it was you know a three or four team race you know the rangers islanders florida and for a time the kings but of course the kings shot the bed and you know panarin might love the idea of living and playing in uh, los angeles but he doesn't want to go to a team that's just a sinking ship and you know i feel like florida has a lot to offer Panarin in terms of the core they have there. there he's There's two great centers that are well under 30 he can play with there. Plus you got Q, Coach there's Q. The, there's the Q connection, uh, who he won a Calder with. There's Dadnov, who's uh, his childhood friend he's been with a long time. The Panthers also have some guys, uh, some other kind of, you know, they don't have quite the same little like developing click of of uh, Russian players that the Rangers are, are starting to put together here but there is something there about that community of uh, of Russian players in in Florida and that is a big deal um I I gotta tell you I'm nervous about that being a factor especially because I feel like the question isn't so much as you know if the Rangers don't get Panarin, they'll settle for Carlson. To me, I feel like it's more likely that, you know, the Rangers will flirt with the idea of a Duchesne or no. or a Jeff Skinner. Like, that is, to me, what I feel like is 
the thing I'm most concerned about. Like I'm like losing out on Panarin would suck, but the real thing I'm concerned about Ryan is we didn't get Panarin. Matt Duchesne has had back to back really great years, and he can he'll come in a lot cheaper. But I just will don't, he though? Not not an amount that'll be like like he's probably getting nine million. Yeah, I would be shocked if he was not in that territory. Absolutely. I think that even with you know the state tax rolled into it, I think Panarin's going to be making more on the cap than Duchesne will. Like, I don't think it's a Panarin's going to make eleven at least. Yeah, yeah that's it's, that's where I'm at, and then I and think Duchesne's going to be around nine. Well, yeah, but that is still a significant difference. Oh, like oh a, I don't disagree, but it's still yeah, it's still a lot, man. Yeah. And I, I am so against. Uh, and this is how we've on on our show, like this is the stance we've kind of both have taken. Where if we don't get Panarin, I don't want to do anything. A thousand percent. I, I want to take on other contracts from other teams for, for assets. I want to have one more lottery year, and I want to build through the draft in my young squad, which I believe in. We have a lot of young talent, a lot of fun players. The team is fun. You're going to have Kraftsoff and Capococco over here this year. Uh, don't talk to me about Jack Hughes. It's not happening, guys. Sorry. And there's just too much at stake to sign these other players for what? You want to sign Duchesne for seven years? I don't want to do no. that. Yeah, well, and, and this is the, like, take your ball Not and go home. Take your ball and go home. If do, if Panarin turns you down, just take the ball and go the fuck home. I can't because, have Davidson coming coming in and being, like, preaching patience and then being like, guys, but we also and, got Matt Duchesne. I have to say, one of the, the, and I don't know if, you know, I don't know where you stand on this, Ryan, but Mike mm-hmm. and I were, we're not, we think JD is the right hire for the New oh, York Rangers. absolutely. But we were critical on the fact that the Rangers were like, yeah, we're not even going to talk to people. We don't even want to talk to people. We don't want to try to do, like, insight where people tell you things and you're like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of that. They just wanted JD, which is fine. It better work out, but that's a different argument. The point is that you're right. John Davidson came in and he preached, this is where the team is right now. We need to either do smart things to move ahead or we need to build what we have. And if you miss out on Panarin, you still have Hedl, Buchnevich, Kravstov, Kako. You still have, you know, Adam Fox and Anthony D'Angelo and all of these players that you're trying to grow into a contending team. Don't miss the boat on what's supposed to be one of the best drafts in the past two decades in 2020. Go out. If you get a lottery pick, you get a lottery pick. It seems more than likely the Rangers are at least going to have an outside shot at Dallas's pick too. Go do it. Just let the season develop. Let your players develop. Figure out what you have. Give you guys another year with NHL experience under their belt, and then move on. With to all that being Duchesne said, Joe, is insane. With all that being said, I want them to go all in, push all the chips into the middle of the table for Panarin. I want them to make him an offer that. He, oh, I fully agree with you. He has to sweat bullets to refuse to end up in Florida. Like he is. Like, it's not just a question of, oh, wouldn't it be nice to speed up the rebuild and wouldn't it be nice to have a player this caliber? Like, players of Panarin's, like, abilities don't become available that often. No, it's impossible they, to get they, superstar talent this way. They, they just don't, it just doesn't happen. Especially guys who are this far away, you know, from winning the Calder. Granted, he won it at 24 as, you know, an older player that came over from the KHL. Like... You and I have talked a lot about, you know, there's plenty of tread left on his tires just based on, you know, he hasn't had to deal with the the more physical NHL uh, versus, you know, his play over in Russia. And, like, there's all these things that make him 
just the sort of player you have to like salivate over thinking about the potential you have there and good god like there is there's a, like i can't even the the short list if there is one of why not to do this is just it doesn't i don't, I don't think there's a anything reason. to me hot yeah, take th- time i'm not sure i care or not if we get him and i know that sounds crazy because it's Panarin, and he's literally a superstar, right? He's an absolute stud. Yeah, I would agree with that. Not sure. The superstar part. Uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, maybe take some heat for this. Not sure he fits the timeline, quote-unquote. Not sure he wants to sign here. Feels like everything's leaning, uh, leaning Florida, and I'm not sure the Rangers really have a choice where they can make like the money offer that will actually bring him over the edge. The thing with that is... I'm like we said. I'm worried mostly about them signing other players. If we don't sign Panarin, we're gonna try. We're definitely trying. But I think there's a good chance we don't. Here's and I'm here's gonna be okay I would, with that. Here's what I, I can would live argue. with it either way too. I'll, I'll, let me just say this, Joe. I can live with it either way too, Ryan. The problem I have is that I don't, I don't have enough faith in the Rangers front office. Like I, I love John Davidson. The problem is I just don't know. You know, I, he hasn't been in this situation before where he can just tell his general manager, you know, you see that swimming pool full of money? It's yours. Do whatever you want. You know, we, we just go after the players you want. And Jeff Gordon has been to me like this goddamn sphinx. Uh, he'll make a good move, a bad move, a good move, a bad move. Thankfully, a lot of his like bad moves or a lot of his high risk moves have not been terribly costly. I mean... The jury is still out on the Brady Shea contract and whether or not that was premature. But looking at like this, I if the Rangers don't get Panarin, I'm worried that they'll settle for something else in free agency. I don't want that to be the case, and I like to think that John Davidson would prevent that from happening. But the bottom line is, I like John Davidson because he's the voice I grew up with on MSG. Like, and I I've, I appreciate and understand what he did in St. Louis. And what he did in Columbus. But I... Like, the Rangers want to win. And they want to win now. Like, they want to start turning things around. And they're going to get the second overall pick. They're going to say, we're going to add a guy immediately who can be in this lineup. We can get right back into this thing. And hey, what the hell? Lundqvist is still here. Who knows what can happen? That's what makes me nervous. Yeah, so, Ryan, I agree with your overall take. That it's fine either way. But I'm more gung-ho on, I think Panarin drastically changes the timeline, especially with adding Kako. And assume Kako's a a 40-point player next year because that's reasonable. You get another year of Heedle. You know, you get a year of of NHL experience under Krovstov's belt. Two years out from now, with Panarin, Kako, Krovstov, Heedle, Buchnevich, maybe Leah Sanderson, you are talking about the core of a potentially dynamic offense. And that doesn't even include Tony D'Angelo and hopefully Brady Shea and Adam Fox and all that fun stuff. My concern is not Duchesne. My concern is the New York Rangers go, oh, we missed Panarin? Well, we're diving headfirst into the RFA market for a guy like Braden Point or a guy like Matthew Tuchuk, or Mitch Marner. See, and, I feel like that's an impossible thing. And not that those players are not incredible hockey players, but you are giving up four first-round picks on the heels of realizing just how damaging it is to not have a constant stream of talent come through your pipeline. Yeah. That I don't scares think there's the shit out of anybody me. that signs an RFA. 
But you I know just feel what? like it's so unrealistic. I, I still, I know, but that doesn't is, scare you. I root for chaos. I want the Mitch Marner offer sheet. See, Mitch Marner would be really the one guy. I that want it. Joe. I would be like Ryan. Okay, I, want it. I know it's dangerous. I know it's preposterous. Four firsts. I know because the Rangers can't play the other game. They don't have a choice. It's, it's the scary, Adam Fox trade took away their second like round pick that. next year, so I, they have to go four first round picks. Or like a middling RFA signing. I, that's an absolute nightmare for me. I don't know if I'd be able to do a show for a while. Like if <laughs> if we lost four, four first round picks, like I'd be like, okay, next four drafts, I'm just not doing anything. Like I just don't. And like I, there's, I, there's nothing there. For I me. understand. Like the mystery box is a mystery box, right? And Mitch Marner is Mitch Marner, which is fine. But Mitch Marner is a 94 point player on the fucking stacked, you know, Toronto. Maple Leafs. Underlying I'm numbers not... suggest that he drives most of that offense. And, and you know what? I, again, I totally – I think I would be able to stomach it a little bit more if I knew Zuccarello was re-signing in Dallas and that other 2020 first-round yeah. pick came and then it's only three first-round picks. And listen, I. but again, now you're locking up. Nah, you know what? He's 22 years old. Like, fuck it. Yeah, I, I'm just – Again, Mitch Marner is the guy that I'm like, yeah, great. Mitch Marner but, is a but what if what if they do something stupid for Kyle Connor or you know fucking Matthew Tuchuk? Again, fine hockey players, not players worth four first round picks. I I just feel like this is the first time the Rangers are becoming a smart hockey team, where like you heard Davison talk about he's going to invest in analytics and other scouts without being prompted to, which I think is incredible. Yeah, that was uh, just totally out of the blue for someone. Or for an organization that kind of has been tight-lipped about yeah, how by much the way, they spend on that analytics. Shaft of the penis moved. That was the whole thing right there. Just so yes. you know. Okay. 100%. I agree. Yeah. It was a great vote of confidence for Davidson, at least in me, where I was like, oh, wow, he's really going to spend outside of the team, too. So I don't think they're going to make stupid moves. And I, I do have faith in Gorton, despite some of his lackluster moves, which brings me back to a question I had from before, Mike. What do you believe like is the worst move that you think Gorton has done so far? Uh, that's to me, that's t- like there are it's tough because you have to weigh it right. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the Adam McQuaid trade was a very kind of boneheaded move, although it, it didn't Dumb. prove to be ultimately costly, right? It just kind of it created a, a roadblock in terms of or a log jam is the, is the phrase that most of us prefer. You know, it created that log jam, and you know, he got less than he than he gave up for him. and like there's a lot of aspects of that trade that really irked me and it felt like he was kind of giving Quinn the sort of player that Quinn might want and like uh, god like i to me that was giving a first year coach a lot of influence on the roster if that was the case like whereas i would i would have dramatically preferred you know just having a little more a little longer look at what the hell the rangers had with you know, Freddie Clayson before he was here and gone. Um, but, you know, I, I do have some concerns about that Brady Shea contract. Um, I'm of the opinion that it's way too early to call, you know, to call it on Shea. But, like, looking at what the Rangers gave up, uh, and it's not just because of, you know, Leah Sanderson's struggles, but the Derek Stepan trade was definitely a very big trade. Mika Zibanejad contract was brilliant. Um, you know, the... The Zibanejad trade was brilliant. I mean, here's Zibanejad trade how... was brilliant, and like I, I feel like he did a really overall a very, very solid to good job at this year's deadline. Um, but you know, I also look at 
the Brennan Smith contract and, you know, looking at some of the decisions, like how close was he to getting absolutely screwed on Ryan Spooner? Um, you know, giving Very? him two years at four million a year close. and he just goddamn, you know, Matrix dodged that horrible, horrible situation that ended up in Edmonton's lap and got, you know, Ryan Strom out of it. And even though Ryan Strom played out of his head well above what he's capable of, like, it was just like, holy hell, like, there's been enough little things like that to me, Ryan. It's, I, I guess that's more of it. It's, it's the, the death by a thousand cuts, right? And it makes me nervous about, oh, shit, didn't get Panarin. Well, we have a hole to fill in our top six, and especially if we're not sure about Kreider long term. And, you know, does that, would that give Gordon enough incentive to just kind of, you know, go up to a Matt Duchesne or, you know, just go up to, I don't, I don't know. I'm really weird on Jeff Skinner, especially after what the hell he did in Buffalo last season. But Jeff Skinner, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch with, you know, a 10 foot long pole right now, not knowing what I'd be getting. Especially because he's going to make a shit ton of money just for, you know, you get money for goals. And even though he didn't score any goals in the last third of the season, he scored a crap ton of goals for most of the year. I'm a hard no on Skinner. Like, hard no. Yeah, That's a, where I am, too. I'm a hard I just no think Skinner, it's, too. It's just too, it's, there's too much risk involved there to me. And I love, like, he's a great skater. He's been one of my favorite players outside of the Rangers for a long time. But I feel like this is, someone might end up with a really, really brutal contract with Jeff Skinner and he is in my opinion one of the more intriguing intriguing free agents out there like what else is out there there's Kevin Hayes there's a seriously in decline Derek Broussard like there's you know there's Gustav Nyquist there's and like after that first couple of guys after like you know Duchesne and uh you know Panarin obviously like who are we talking about here Jordan Eberle I mean, there are a lot of guys I think we're Gordon would be too smart to avoid, but it might be way too tempting. Someone like Duchesne, especially after the you know the last two seasons he's had, where he's just kind of proved that he is, you know, he he is really a player again. Uh, and you know that wasn't what he looked like a couple of years ago when he was just kind of stomp like stamping his feet and wanting out of Colorado. But but to your point, Mike, and I I, I do want to answer that question, Ryan, because I think it's a great question about Jeff Gordon. It, every move that he has seems to be like there's a layer of complexity baked in. Like the Derek Stepan trade on the surface was fine, but the Rangers had no idea how to handle D'Angelo and they reached for Anderson. Like that, that's not. And too many that, people forget Ronta went the other right, way. Right, and Ronta was basically given away. That's like that's an added context to that trade. That, yeah, okay, you can't really, like, it has to be balled in because it all is included with one another. But, like, it's two different things, right? The Eric Stahl trade was a disaster. The Mika Zibanejad trade will go down as one of the best trades the Rangers have made since, like, the Yager trade. That contract is absolutely brilliant. I think last year the Nash trade was lights out. The Grabner trade was lights out. I think the Ryan McDonough-JT Miller trade was... You know, it's tough to grade right now. It's not grading great for the Rangers, but Tampa locked up, what, $12 million between the two of them? And, uh, you know, Miller was a scratch in the playoffs, I believe, and Ryan McDonough is on the back end of that contract. So who's to say that the Rangers didn't at the very least get that type of an opportunity? Um, Ryan, are you back? Oh, I'm answering your question. I don't know. Uh, I saw you pop out and pop back in, but that's good. Yeah, that's the... 
Um, you know, and then <laughs> I, again, this year, I think the Hayes trade was fine. I think he did fine with the Zuccarello trade, but it, how they he handled the Zuccarello situation again is a cause for concern. Yeah. So, am I? Cons- I'm not really concerned about Jeff Gordon spending in the offseason. I do think he understands where the Rangers are, and he did have an opportunity this year, at least midway through the year, to be like, no, this is a team that can fight for the playoffs, and he didn't. So on some level, that needs to be respected. I'm okay with Jeff Gordon's overall trade record for the most part. It's the, especially as of late, the thing that I'm a little concerned with is is the contracts, Joe. Um, like looking at looking at how many kind of like he hasn't created the Mark Stahl, Dan Girardi, like you know, every, the world's on fire problem. But he has you know he has walked himself into you know some kind of like some some perilous ground in terms of handing out the contract he gave to Brennan Smith. Uh, you know, getting aggressive with Brady Shea at five point two five million. Um, you know, before Shea's really kind of proven that he is the player that deserves that kind of money. Uh, we haven't really seen a five point two five million price tag attached to the way that Brady Shea's been playing, and I know a lot of that has to do with the players he's been playing with and all that stuff, but I have my concerns about uh, how he's approached contracts. And, you know, he, last season, like, he was dead quiet in free agency, and it was good, but it was also kind of what we expected. Like, he did do a couple of things that made us all go, huh? Like, you know, re-signing Cody McLeod and whatever. But, you know, for the most part, harmless decisions in hell. He found, you know, Freddie Clayson, and that showed a lot of, you know, a lot of research and understanding of what, you know, a player like that could bring. Um, and then, of course, he undid a lot of that good work with the uh, the Adam McQuaid trade. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I have, I feel like we have enough reason to be at least a little nervous about what happens if the Rangers lose the, you know, the bidding war for Panarin. And if Gorton, you know, I, I think he has the wisdom to say, I'm not going to go crazy here, but... I'd also, you know, I'll, I'll sweat it out for a little while until we see what happens to see if whether or not he, you know, he picks up the phone and, and if Duchesne's still available, what it would take. And yeah, I don't know, man. It is a terrifying, I don't know. I, and I'm with you on that. Ryan is floating in and out. He's trying to get his internet together. So uh, we will continue as though he is gone, but hopefully he comes back. Never gone <laughs> in our hearts, Joe. Never gone in our hearts. Um, yeah, I, I'm just... We talked about a lot more than I thought we were going to, to be completely honest with you. Didn't even uh, talk about the Worlds, either. Like No, and Capocacco, but that's fine. Let's go to Q&A. You ready? Yep. Ryan is back, hopefully for good. Nah, I don't see any movement. That's bad. Uh, okay, first question. Bobby mm-hmm. Callahan, let's say the New York Rangers do not sign any big names this offseason. Are there any players you'd want to focus on the free agency of 2020? Now... Michael, I looked this up just so that we'd all be on the same oh, page. Son of a bitch. Here are the big names. Okay. Nicholas Backstrom, who is 32 years old. Taylor Hall, Braden Holtby, Alex yeah. Petrangelo, Patrick Marlowe. Marlowe, sorry. Marlowe, yeah. Um, Tyson Barry. Mm-hmm. Those are, oh, by the way, Derek or David Clarkson's and Nathan Horton's contract ends. Oh, that's funny. Those are really the big names. And there is not a soul on that list that I'm interested in outside of Taylor Hall, but I don't see that happening. I like Taylor Hall. 
I just don't. I don't know, man. He's he's 27 now. He'll be 28 then. Like you could argue if the Rangers can't get Panarin now, they might be better off saying you know like leave the cap space open, right? And maybe maybe sign some guys in free agency that you can flip or turn into uh, pick some prospects and just kind of you know pump a little bit more air into the you know into the rebuild raft. Um, but yeah, those not a lot of those names really jump out to me, Joe. Um, Ryan okay, Callahan I, is also on that list. That's not. I like. Doesn't excite I like you. Petrangelo a lot. Um, I feel like he's had a good year, but again, I feel like he's going to cost a shit ton. Yeah, the Rangers and, don't need defensemen at this point. And that is if he doesn't extend in St. Louis, which I think is the the likely scenario. Um, uh, and like, and, and Tyson Berry is not. He's not like the twenty four year old kid he used to be he's you know he's up there now in age he's 27 28 so yeah that that is definitely uh yeah man i don't see anybody on that list uh, again, I, outside the town not, hall that really not this no this is a, this is I, a bold, I don't even know how you tried decision. how did you call in there's no number wow that is a terrible filthy lie but you're on now Oh, the perfect timing on that one. Wow. It's almost scripted. Anyway, yeah, I would say to answer that question. Oh, he's oh, back. Oh, Jesus Christ. What the hell? He's like a ghost. He's a poltergeist. He's just he's popping in and out. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. He's cutting know. in and out. He's a, he's a sweet boy. He's a good boy. He's a sweet boy. Uh, oh, definitely let's... check out Ryan at, uh, to hear him uninterrupted with less internet problems uh, on Boucher's break. Apparently, yeah, apparently um, his internet problems have been awful. They also, I believe, record on Mondays, so warring podcasts on Tuesdays. But Friendly rivals, though. Yes, friendly rivals. Uh, um, to answer your question in full, Joe, or to, to our listeners' question, like there are a couple names that make you maybe scratch your beard, but I would say there's no one you want to game plan long term. Like there's no player there outside of Taylor Hall, and if and if that free agency class is what it is, then everyone has like their eyes on Taylor Hall. I just dropped the top. I was going to say, did you just drop a, a cap? Oh, it was a cap. Look at you with your little detective uh, yeah, ears. I, I hear that. I heard it. You're like I knew. little Benedict Cumberbatch, aren't you? I knew what was going on. I knew it was there. Your clever um, little, clever little monitor lizard looking up eggs. Gray market, dear Gray Giuseppe market. and Merkel Mips. Ooh, Merkel, Merkel Mips. Mips is a good one. Merkel. Do either of you play an instrument? Do you do so well? If not, which would you like to learn? I would love to learn guitar. Uh, I played trumpet growing up, and I play bass guitar very, very poorly. I haven't played consistently in a long time. Uh, I enjoy trying to play bass when my friends who are far more musical than I am uh, jam but I'm terrible at it I know the names of the strings I understand like basic like uh, elements to playing bass guitar but I'm bad at it if I could play any instrument uh, it would either be the drums or the piano I would love to be able to play the guitar when I was in fourth grade picked up the saxophone Michael and the only thing I could play, because it was all I would practice, was hot cross buns. So my mom was like, hey, you have to go practice the saxophone. I'd be like, yeah, whatever, bitch. And then I would play hot cross buns. And that was it. And then I wouldn't, you know, practice. Um, and we went into, like, saxophone class, right? And I, my music teacher was very big on practice, of course, because it's the only way to get better and to actually learn things. 
So um, my music teacher was like, all right, everybody, play. I don't. I want to say it was the national anthem, but I'm not totally sure. And it was me and one other saxophone person in the band. So the other kid and me are playing, and I have no fucking idea what I am doing. So I am pretending to blow into the saxophone and just hit, you know, the buttons to make it seem like I was playing. And then to my immense horror, the kid broke, like, the reed. You know the reed that you blow into? So his saxophone stopped working. And the teacher was like, okay, Joe, just finish. And I was total, like, I, it was awful. Uh, It was like. The HGH didn't help you, buddy? What? The HGH didn't help you? No, not why I wasn't taking HGH at that point. Oh, that, that so was your that problem. Was, that was back in elementary school. I was taking HGH. You should have rubbed that HGH into like your young boss. throat muscles. Um, make my throat nice and supple for it. Yeah. Uh, next question. Matt, bacon pizza for life. Good for you. Hi, Joe and Mike. Who will have the better year next season for the Rangers? 19-year-old Krofstoff, who played well in the KHL, arguably the better league. Or 18-year-old Kako, who played well in Liga. Kako. I would agree with that. Um, simply because Kako is literally, and actually Kravstov is a big kid too, but Kako, like, he's already dominating the world stage. I had a dream last night, no joke, that Kako had 17 goals and one assist through the first 17 games of the season. So any realistic expectations that I have in my subconscious, fucking gone. Kaka. To me, to me, Kaka was like a is like a mighty ox, a like Ferrari. If, if we had to plow mighty ox. all the fields in Ireland to to get the the soil ready after the potato famine, he would have turned the potato famine around in like three years. You just you just put him to work, like watching what he did at Worlds, the numbers he put up, and I know he like he had the one game you know where he went off and you know that inflated his numbers a little bit, but god damn. Like playing against men and with men, and yeah, man, I I really think Kravtsov is a is a player who's going to need to adjust a little bit. I think, and that is not at all a bad thing because like the skill is so it's just so conspicuous. It's so obvious when you watch him play that he he processes the game at a high level and he's capable of doing things with a puck that you know end up on highlight reels, and that's awesome. But you know, like. You know, just think of what, you know, like Svechnikov did, right, Joe? Like, he needed some time to adjust, and he did get into his stride. And then, you know, he had a, a nice 20-goal year as a rookie, and, you know, he was pretty solid for Carolina in the uh, in the playoffs as well. But, you know, a, a lot of times guys like that, you know, who are considered generally to be kind of creative guys who, you know, are all kind of all offense, like, the, there's just not as many tricks to Kravstov's game right now as I think Kako has. It's just he, he's a more complete player for where he is in his development, and that is not at all a strike against Kravstov. It just no, that's, and let's, that's how good Capo Kako is. That's let's say this is. again. We played this game last year over the summer, and yeah. we said 80 points combined between Hedl and Anderson would be like a fucking win above wins. Oh, yeah, it would be a fucking And it wasn't. I mean, we, we didn't even get close. What, Hedl had 23 yet, points yeah. and Anderson had like five or something? Um, if you get 80 points out of Kako and Kravstov, and I think that's much more likely because I do think – a reasonable expectation for Kako next year is like a 2020 season. I really do. 
That'd be awesome. It, it would be I, I think, absolutely I think it's, awesome. I think it's reasonable. I don't Especially think it's likely. Especially if he's not on, like, if he's on Power Play 1, I feel like that could go up. But, like, just to say we don't know where he's going to be, and we're just predicting right now, we're, you know, just putting a number on the on the wall, I think, f- like, 20 and 20 makes plenty of sense. Yeah, I think, I think that's, you know, gun to my head, 20 to 20, I think that's reasonable. Not Hito saying it's going to happen. Combined, Hito and Anderson combined, by the way, 29 points. Oof. Was I right? Anderson only had five points? Oh, he had he six had, then. He had six, yeah. Wow, that was uh, close. Hita, 11 goals, 12 assists. Anderson in 42 games, two goals, four assists. Uh, Paul. Paul. Do you think it's still Hughes number one after Kako's performance at the Worlds? And who would you prefer at number two? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I've... The Rangers can't lose. Let's make that clear. There is a lot of recency bias to the way that Kako is played for Finland, and I think there's a reason to be super excited about that. Like I said, I think you can make the argument, and I will make the argument, that Kako is a better fit for the New York Rangers than Hughes is. And I don't mean that in a talent standpoint, because if I had the first overall pick, I would still you take Jack Hughes. You mean play style. Yes, that's, I do mean play style. He, he crashes the net. He's a scoring winger, which the Rangers desperately need. He's a big body. He's going to play the game the way Quinn wants to play the game. He is going to be a dominant winger in the NHL for years to come. That said, if I had the number one overall pick, I'm taking Hughes. Because it's harder to get high-end, first-line center talent than it is to get winger. 100%. 100% the center thing. And you look at how good this... uh, this U.S. national development team, you know, program was this year with all the players we see and all these guys who have kind of these like juiced up numbers and ask anyone or go back and watch highlights. It's it all starts with Jack Hughes. Like he is the he's the root system that made this, you know, this this tree of young talent for this draft come out of you know the u.s program it, his ability to skate his ability to create offense to make plays like he is a guy who is going to be immediately compared to a lot of these centers that we talk about now these guys like matt barzal these guys you know who are you know maybe a little you know not these hulking players the clayton kellers and stuff like that he's a center for the modern game and he's going to be an elite first-line center in the NHL. It's just a question of, it might take him a little while to, to get there. And just because he didn't get in the lineup every game for Team USA at the Worlds and Kako, you know, won gold with Finland, it doesn't mean one of those players is better than the other. Like, just like you said, Joe, if I'm taking first, all things being equal, you take the center. Like, Kako has been known to play center. He's not a natural center. Jack Hughes is a center. And he's a guy you can build a team around. Yeah, and, and but all all of that in agreement, I would be a little disappointed if the Devils took Kako, just because I, I've hyped myself up. It, yeah, it's I irrational. Like you and every other Rangers fan yes, under the sun, a thousand percent. Yeah. Hype myself up. I lo- I've already like envisioning the way that he fits into the team and all of that stuff. If I had the number one overall pick, I'm taking Jack Hughes. So if the Rangers end up with Jack Hughes, they've won. The same way that if they get yeah, Kako, the they've Devils won. Take Kako, Rangers fans are going to let out. Some Rangers fans, I'm sure, will moan a little bit, but then we'll realize what we've What got. they have, a thousand percent. And they'll be laughing their way to the bank. You'll get... There's no, I would be a little disappointed. And then immediately after that disappointment faded, I would just go watch some YouTube videos about Jack Hughes and that would be the end of it. 
When was the last percent. time the Rangers developed a young, exceptional center? It's like Derek Stepan. Like Derek Stepan, and I feel like he's a guy who was a very polarizing player for a lot of people. JT Miller never really became a center. Kevin Hayes wasn't a draft pick. Like, it's been a goddamn while, Joe. Yeah. I we agree. talk about the scoring winger thing. How about the first line center thing? I would take either of these guys and fucking tap dance my way to this rebuild. And you're going to get one fine. of them. You're going to um, get one. The other Eric Carlson. How many years does the rebuild buy the Rangers before contracts, age, etc. close the window? With so many players coming on all at once, when do we really need to worry about cap space and who to keep, trade, let go? I would tell you that if the Rangers make the right decisions now, on guys like Kreider and Pionk and VC and, you know, Nemestikov, um, Strom. You really don't have to worry about that stuff for another three or four years. And I do think the the realm of contention for the New York Rangers is in that three year. I think, I think we're about three years out from the Rangers being a legit contender. Well, I think that the thing to keep in mind with this to me is the is the 2021 uh, Seattle expansion draft like that is going to make things a little complicated in terms of how everyone fits here and I know that's not exactly the question that was asked but that will be a problem long before some of these other things are a problem because the Rangers have so few players under contract and so many of these guys that are going to be a new part of the core are on entry-level contracts like there's still two years left on Hedl's ELC. There's two years left on Anderson's ELC, Howden's ELC, uh, Adam Fox, three years on his ELC, Libor Hayek, two years on his ELC, and then, you know, whatever the hell we get out of new contracts for guys like D'Angelo, uh, guys like Bucinevich, and guys like Lemieux. Like, there, there's, there's really not that much reason to sweat. Like, in regards to Kreider, that's a decision that has to be made by... I feel like now that uh, John Davidson's in place, I feel like we might get some clarity on what will happen with Kreider before the season arrives. Just because, is he a guy that gets extended and talked about that way? Or is maybe he is a guy who gets moved on draft day? Um, like, that is a real possibility to me. So, I would say the Rangers, if you want to look at a timeline, if you really want to expect when this team gets back in the cup race or being at least, you know, a playoff team or a cup contender. And there's a big difference between getting to the playoffs and being a team that has a legitimate chance at the cup. But, like, as we saw with St. Louis this year, just got to get there, Joe. Uh, I would say two or three years, really, from given the fact that the Rangers got the second overall pick and given the fact that, like we said, they're getting one of those two franchise-altering players, they could be a team that starts to turn around in two years. I don't think there's a lot that'll stop that from happening, especially because both Pittsburgh and Washington are not getting any younger, Joe. Uh, and, you know, we're already hearing Pittsburgh is really, really, really shopping Kessel and probably shopping Malkin. And, you know, there's the Metro is going to be dramatically different two years from now. And I kind of love the idea of where the Rangers are now and the direction they're heading. It's a good trajectory. It's going to be a great team. I agree. Um, <clears throat> Matt Anderson. Hey, all. I know a lot of speculation about the summer has the Rangers buying out a defenseman. Is carrying that dead cap space justified? I'm sorry. Is 
carry, I don't know, I just made up the word justify. That's not even in this at all. Um, Is carrying that dead cap space when they're hopefully contenders worth it, or are they better off just keeping all three and having them off the books in 21-22? I think it depends on what else they do. You don't buy out Kevin Shattenkirk. It doesn't make sense. No, you don't buy out Shattenkirk if... Again, like, if you're going to buy out, there needs to be a reason to do it. And yeah. I don't think the Rangers desperately need, you know, and here, here's another question. Andrew McNitt, what are your thoughts on a double buyout of Smith and Stahl leading into potential signing of Carlson in addition to Panarin or another top forward? The Rangers have so many entry-level contracts over the next few years to offset the cap hits if the term isn't outrageous. Again, you're – it's very, well, first very – thing I want to say is this, Joe, just so – we make this clear. The Rangers take 3.6 million cap penalty on Girardi this year uh, for 2019-20, and then the, for the next three years, it's 1.1 million. Um, so, like, there's already 3.6 million of just dead cap space. Uh, you know, in addition to 900k of Ryan Spooner, so there's 4.5 million of just dead cap. Um, like, the Rangers have a ton of cap space, but like. Not as much as, you know, buying out both, buying out both Smith and Stahl is like, that's a, it's a tall order. It's the, yeah, that's, for... the, that's a dangerous game. You're in a really dangerous, you're, if you're going to do anything, you're going to buy out one. And I don't think. If the most dangerous game is hunting your fellow man for, for his meat, then this would be at least in the top 10 of dangerous games. Delicious, delicious meat. There's no, there's no sweeter meat than the hunted man hmm. you can taste the fear in, in 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 the thigh meat interesting do you like a dry rub wing um so i'm a recent convert to dry rub wings. i i would prefer not however i okay. am a fan of dry here's ready you want my tier of wings yeah give me your tier dirty wings top Ooh. do you know what a dirty wing is is it like dirty fries is it old bay no so a dirty wing is when you fry the wing you sauce the wing and then you take the freshly sauced wing and throw it into a burning hot pan so the sauce caramelizes on the wing oh dirty wings top there's a place in um oh boy back in my sports writing days in uh plainview connecticut that has I'm gonna actually Google this and give this restaurant a shout, shout out. out. Um, dirty wings. dirty wings. It is not wings over CT. It is this. It's this place. J Timothy's Tavern. J Tim. J Timothy's. They make the best teriyaki dirty wings I've ever dirty had. Wang. It's burned and sticky. It's delicious. All right, so that's fine. Dirty okay. wing is top. Next. Yeah. Regular sauced wing. I love the sticky sauce. Okay. Below that, though, Michael, I love a good grilled wing. I really do. And I'm a big fan of the dry rub once grilling. Yeah. I like a dry rub. I like a honey Then barbecue. a million miles. I'm not even talking flavors, but a million miles away baked. Fuck baked wings. You're Okay, you're just straight up talking. Uh, just style of wings. Wing. Yeah. I really like a grilled wing. I obviously love, like, just straight up fried wings are great. I, I'm, I don't know. I feel like I like dry rub wings over like wings that are just like they're so sticky that like it gets under your fingernails and like 
you leave fingerprints of your own chicken shame yes, that's everywhere. Delicious. Like, like it is delicious. Don't get me wrong. It just like, it just feels even more despicable than eating human meat sometimes. Yeah, if you live in Plainview, Connecticut, we used to go there after uh, hard day's work. Yeah, before you eat your fellow man, try. And I uh, stole a. Uh, I shouldn't admit this, but I stole things from there once. My last time the, there. You better hope the goddamn. Stole a beer mug statute and a spoon. Statute limitations. So it was like ten years ago. It has the statute of limitations has to be over. But yeah, my God, we'll they're 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 dirty wings. I I don't even know what to say. That's how good it is. Not good enough for you to not commit petty theft, you son of a bitch. No, I I missed them, Michael. I didn't know what to say. So you took from them? I did. I I was in a full panic. I I didn't know. God, I'm just looking at the wings right now. I'm so ready. Dirty wings. If you miss me, are you going to steal things from me? Like my wallet? Potentially. You have no idea. And I love, honest to God, the crispy wing, creamy blue cheese mix may be my favorite thing to eat on the planet. Mm. I equal equal ratio blue cheese to wing. I have another question for you. Do you think we are enough people read our blog and listen to our show to put together like a like a street hockey or deck hockey game this summer? We've actually discussed somebody a listener brought that up to me. Yeah, that that was something, and I do think we have enough people. The problem, Michael, I think we have enough people for a tournament. We but. we definitely do. Legally, we can't do it. Um, the legality of like somebody getting hurt. There's too much. We can't. There's no. It's well, not. Then we don't. Allowed. We don't make it blue shirt banner official. We make it uh, Timmy Tom's wing hut, whatever it's called. We could talk about that. I think that's a little shady, especially because now we're recorded admitting that the plan is to circumvent the legality of it. Well, statute of limitations, Joe. Apparently everything's <laughs> bulletproof. Just wait 10 years. Um, Josh Zarkin. Two questions. Do you buy what JD is selling about James Dolan old franchise not going after name players? Sort of. I think it's the right name players. No, you have I, nothing? I, 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 was, I was allowing a dramatic silence, you son of a bitch. You'd learn that if you ever went to podcast school. Well, I tried to go to podcast school, and they kicked me out because I didn't wear pants, which is apparently... I went to Bob Nebraska's podcast school, and he just huffed a lot of paint under a bridge, and he told us what to say. Um, oh, dirty Dan. I trust John Davidson because he essentially raised me. That's the short answer to that question. Why would John Davidson lie to us? He loves us. He loves you. You should trust him. He's your father. Is that your answer? That is my answer. Okay. I appreciate that as an answer. That's a pretty goddamn good answer. I'm really upset that Ryan's not part of this. Um, Second one. This is for you, Mike. Oh. P.S. Mike, why do you need to eat a bacon, egg, and cheese on an everything bagel and not a nice poppy seed roll? Um, everything bagel is strictly superior to a poppy seed roll. It has poppy seeds and everything else. That's why it's called a fucking everything bagel. S- do not be mean to Josh Zarkin, you son of a I'm not bitch. being mean to Josh Zarkin. You're I just took a lot of shit about the egg sandwich thing, yeah, I know, and I don't I, like it. I do need to get back to the egg sandwich, and thank you, No, Shane, we don't. People who write up. for fucking Sportsnet and The Athletic were favoriting and retweeting it, and I was like, you know what? You people don't even know who I am. But I know who you are, and I have questions. I just I, don't I'm understand. sitting at my desk right now. I literally just picked up a knife that I have. I am holding, <laughs> a, holding a bladed weapon. I don't. I just don't. I have questions. That's all. I, I bought this knife understand. at a Renaissance fair, Joe. It is shaped like a leaf. 
It was like the elves from uh, Tolkien's elves design. Yeah, Shayna really blew up your spot hard. Yeah, yeah Shayna is was, a piece of work. She just celebrated horrible. her birthday, and I want to point out that Shayna's now old. That was so, the, whoa, the, you are you're in dangerous territory right. right now. This is Am a, I? Yeah, I think so. She's old. I love egg sandwiches. I cannot get enough of an egg sandwich. And here's what I will tell you, oh, God. Michael. <sighs> What's wrong? You know, why, what is it about an egg sandwich you don't like? Because it was a misunderstanding, you son of a bitch. Well, I grew up in a cafeteria. Yeah, understand. I'm working a, off of very limited information that I've gotten from Shane. But I've explained right, this. Right but the I've explained this. Okay, here's the record. I grew up uh, in a town in New Jersey, and there was a kid. He went to my school. He had spindly little fingers. You know when you're around people who have, like, spider fingers? They're really skinny, and they hold on. And they, they clasp things like Gollum. They clasp. They got little spider fingers like that, that, that face hugger alien from Alien. Like the little, little digits that wiggle waggle like a... Like uh, like malnourished pale hot dogs, they clink. Um, There's a kid who ate sandwiches like that, and he always ate egg egg salad sandwiches. And so in my head, I associated that's an egg sandwich to me. The egg salad between two pieces of white bread, sometimes with mayonnaise, and that is in a in and of itself an abomination. That is against God. I don't stand for it. I don't tolerate it. I think it should be outlawed in this country that is so brave and so pure. What should be um, outlawed? Egg salad. Egg, egg salad sandwiches. They stink. I, I just like had it. egg salad the other day. Where's my knife? I love egg salad. Where'd I put the knife? Okay, so you're not against egg sandwiches. No, I love bacon, egg, and cheese. Oh my god, so good! Uh, an egg on an egg on a in a burger sometimes, like a breakfast Ooh, burger. All right, see, so so Shayna really blew you up for no reason, and it's not true. Yeah, she I lied just, to the people. Yeah, but you know, she was young then. She made a young person's mistake, and she's old now. So she I betrayed she you. Not. That's what it is. Um, I love egg sandwiches, but I will agree with you that everything bagels are the superior item, okay? Egg sandwiches have to be eaten on a roll. There's too much going on with an everything bagel. It's just, it's got to be. You watch your mouth. An everything bagel is God's greatest gift to us. By the way. Other than succulent man meat. Dirty style are fried, sauced, then fried and sauced again for a caramelized, slightly crispier wing. We created the, oh, they call them the dirt wings here at the tavern, J. Timothy's. Um, yeah, but see, this is, yeah, so they, they fry it, they sauce it, then I guess they caramelize the sauce by refrying it, and then they sauce it again. Oof, I love, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, goddamn. Um, oh, we have to read the Patreons. Anything else you want to say about yourself, Michael? No? Yes? And now you left. Now Mike is gone. And now he's calling me. You're you're on the phone live on the podcast. What have you done? Yeah, that's what I was hoping would happen. My computer just died. It's all Ryan's fault. His, um, do you have anything else to say to the people, Michael? Well, what's our next question? I'm not done with the show. Well, I, there, there was, I don't think there was another question. I was just saying we had to read the patrons. Let's see. Is there another question? The sound quality is just going to be absolutely awful. Your computer died. All right. Final question for real. Michael Perino. Okay. If we assume an A plus summer, which means add Panera and exercise two of Smith, Stahl, Shattenkirk buyouts, I'm assuming. Add another top defender, Carlson Truba. 
and all of Fox, Kako, Krofstoff are immediate, immediate hits. What is the expectation for next year? Um, I would argue that that's not an A-plus summer. You're not buying out two people. That's crazy. And you're not. I, I feel like you and I both agree the ship on Truba kind of sailed with the Adam Fox trade. Right? Yeah, I, I feel well, like it absolutely has. What are the Rangers going to give up to get Truba? Like, Winnipeg would be ridiculous to be like Truba for Kreider straight up because Truba is an RFA and Kreider is not. Like, what is. What sort of package can the Rangers reasonably put together to get someone like Truba? And, you know. And, like, buying out both guys, like I said before, you know, the, the previous question we had before we talked about wings and uh, egg sandwiches and, and, and the taste of human meat that stays on the tongue for days and you can't get it out of your head and all you can think about is sweet human meat. Um, like, there's going to be 3.6 of just Dan Girardi dead cap space. Like, how much dead cap space are you willing to have just on the blue line alone? Like, drink if you want to get out of those problem contracts, right, Joe? But, like, there is something to be said about just letting it ride with at least one of those guys because there are just two years left. But, like, there's also something to be said about you want them out of the way so the kids can play. And the Rangers have so many goddamn young bees that you, I feel like it is in the best interest of the team to get one of those guys out of the way. And I feel like because that is the case, Brendan Smith is just a more likely candidate. Like, he... He was goddamn playing left wing the last third of the season, right? So I, I don't consider the proposal that this listener put forward to be exactly an A plus season. Yeah, I don't I don't think it is. Thing. Yeah. It's it's too dangerous to do it that way. You don't you need to even if you're not great next year, that's fine. That's okay. The issue becomes when you try to force yourself into being great, like we talked about and Ryan was still on the show. So um, Anthony Viola, Alex Gardner, Panero in 2020, John Reppy, Eric Cohn, Chris Lucas, Daniel DeGem, 50, Guy from Montana, Joshua Zarkin, Jordan Sassone, Andy from New Jersey, Stink Fleming, Keith Franchillo, Alex Nembulazev. I need to learn your name, sir. Nemzubalev? You need to reach out to me and tell me not how to not be an idiot. Um, Johnny Lowe, Mike Offit, Trevor Kempner, Gabriel Vargas, Fancy Lawrence, Dan Carosi, Eric Carlson, Chris O'Connor, David L. Singer, Andre Chicagoff, Arch Williams, Bob Cowa, Tall Guy Robert, Biza, Chris Habibi, Craig Launchen, James Dangles, Aiden Gaspar, Adam Nowich, Danny Santiago, Igor Zatlovsky, Thomas Osa, Michael Silvers. Thank you all for donating. We very much so appreciate it. You are all... You're better than the people who do not donate. How does that sound? I would share human meat with all of you. Yeah, Mike is going to share human meat with all of you. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Michael, is there a horrific sound quality thing you want to say to everybody? Uh, have a good week. And, we'll, I mean, we, we came into tonight's show thinking we wouldn't have a lot to talk about. I feel like we could have kept talking if not for technology crapping all over yes us. technology um, destroyed the show yeah tune in next week tell your friends about the show and thank you so much for five stars on itunes subscribe yeah. patreon.com slash blue shirt panther all that good stuff all those things all the good things we love you all sweet nectar of dirty wings and michael dirty merkel merk merp on his phone good night